God bless you. Dios le bendiga. I'm Nelson Rodriguez. Él es Nelson Rodriguez. This is my pastor, Norberto Torres Jr. Yo soy el pastor, Norberto Torres Jr. And we are happy that we made it. Y estamos contentos que llegamos. So if you're seeing the video, obviously you made it too. Si usted está viendo este video, entonces usted también llegó. You're in 2021. Llegó al 2021. And what God has in stores for you. Y lo que Dios tiene para ti. It's going to be great. Va a ser grande. Um, today we're going to be presenting the last part of the three-part series, right? Last Esta part. parte es la, vamos a presentar la última parte, la tercera parte de la serie. Yeah, it sounds better in Spanish on three-part. But anyhow, um, so this is the last part. Esta es la última parte. Um, thank you for, for viewing all three. Gracias por ver las tres partes. And for sharing. Y por compartirlo. You know, our prayer was from the beginning that this may be a, of a blessing to you. Eh, nuestra oración desde el principio era que esto fuera de bendición para ustedes. And that it can bring clarity to you. Que pudiera traer claridad. And lift up your, your hopes. Y, y que levantara eh, tu esperanza. Um, but the good thing is. Pero lo bueno es. That even though we end this series today. Aunque terminamos la serie hoy. If you go back, continue to go back to Refugio City Church Facebook page and si YouTube. Usted puede volver a la página de Facebook o de YouTube de Refugio City Church. You can find a lot of other sermons that our pastors have brought. Eh, puede encontrar muchos eh, mensajes, sermones que han traído los pastores. Because the mission here at Refugio City Church. Porque la misión de aquí en Refugio City Church. Is to build a great city. Es levantar una gran ciudad. One person at a time. Una persona a la vez. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Eh, por el poder del Espíritu Santo. And that's exactly what we're doing. Y eso es exactamente lo que estamos haciendo. Thank you. Gracias. Subscribe. Eh, suscribe. Share. Comparte. And when the doors open, we hope to see you here. Y cuando abramos las puertas, te esperamos ver aquí. God bless you. Dios le bendiga. Pastor, I'd like to ask you, how do you support a person that is grieving? That's a, yeah. I think it's an awesome question. I, I, I love that somebody from a doctoral background would point it at love because I think that's like that's awesome it, it lets me know we're not crazy um, <laughs> yeah wow um, first I think we all established this Eli established it you established it Dr. Tio established it it's normal I mean grief is normal nothing will prepare you it's totally normal I, I think of when Jesus um, in, in Luke 22 um, when Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives, as usual, the Bible says in Luke um, 22 that, that he went out to the Mount of Olives as usual. So normally, life was carrying on normally when suddenly he gets down and, and, and he leaves his disciples. And it, the Bible says that he goes within a stone throws away from them, kneels down and starts praying. And he prays to God. He says, Father, if possible, take this cup from me. But let it not be my will, but your will. And then it says, though, that an angel came and strengthened him. So that means that he was in a moment of weakness. Um, and it says that and, and he was in anguish. The, the, the verse 44 in, in, in Luke 22, it says that he was in anguish. And because of that anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And it says his sweat like drops of blood 
falling to the ground. Jesus was grieving over his own death that was going to come. And I think that that just blows my mind because it leads me to understand that Jesus grieved. It's okay for people to grieve too. But Jesus goes through some of the steps, some of the steps of, the, of, of grief there, where at the beginning he starts sort of bargaining with God and he says, look, if it's possible, like, I don't want to do this. But then he reaches an acceptance and he says, but let it be your will and not my will. And that acceptance that Jesus comes to is only because of the love that he had for us. And that's when the angel comes in and strengthens him. So I think it's really important, uh, not just from a pastoral viewpoint, but from uh, just a human viewpoint, to go back to what we were saying before, one of the best ways to help somebody is helping them recognize that what they're going through is normal and that what they're going through is painful. When they're able to see that somebody is connecting with them with their, to their pain, that's how you open the door to actually helping somebody. It's not good enough to just tell somebody grieving, hey, call me if you need anything. No, <laughs> you call them to see what they need. Don't tell them, hey, let me know when I can come by and help you. Come by and help them. You don't have to get in there and invade their space, but be the presence of God for that person. Let them know that sometimes God does give us more than we can handle, but that's so that God can handle it. The word says it. Take my yoke, for my yoke is light. My burden is easy. Like, it's, it's because Jesus wants to carry this um, for you. So I think it's really important to speak to people on that level, not theologically, not way over their heads, but arrive to, to a point of love for them. And, and one of the biggest things I think I would suggest to help somebody cope with these is to put this person back into a place of worship. I wanted to read to you guys what we were talking. I couldn't help but remember Psalm 42. This is, this is David, um, the, the man that many men want to be modeled after. I mean, he kicked the giant's butt. He was the man after God's own heart, a total, a total bad dude. Like, he was awesome. And then in Psalm 42, he says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for you, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Well, that's, that's so weird because we say, wow, I want to have that thirst. But no, no, no. In, in, in verse 2, he's saying, when can I go and meet with God? Like, when will this be over? I just want to go. Because the next verse says, my tears have been my food day and night. Mm. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? So he's been eating tears this whole time and says to God, I am thirsty for you. When can I just meet with you? Like, when can this be over? My tears have been my food day and night. And everybody keeps asking me, where is my God? I think one of the first people that asks you where God is in grief is yourself. And then he says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one. One of the first things that people going through grief that are in, in the Christian worldview, because we can talk about the ones outside later, but what I see in the church and in my congregation is that they remember the glorious days when they would go to church and worship God under total protection. And David says, I remember when I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Like I used to remember the good times. 
And then, but verse five is what I love. It says, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? This is the key. Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. One of the things that we can do for somebody grieving um, in our church circle, in our lives as a Christian, even for people that don't follow Christ, but we do, is get them into a place where they can worship God. I mean, even David says, look, my soul feels like crap. I want to be done with this, but I haven't worshiped God yet. So that's where we can start laying some of that hope in getting ourselves back into a place where we can worship. Because when we worship, we can connect to a, a point that is past our, 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 our present pain and in the redemption of Christ that's in the future. I think that's, that's important. I know I said a lot, but yeah. Nah, it's, it's good stuff, man. It's, it's good stuff. It's real good stuff. Um, you know, you said, you said something in the beginning about Jesus went as usual. Mm. Another verse that I've heard plenty of times and I didn't see it till tonight in the way that I'm seeing it now. I feel that it was important that they wrote it that way <clears throat> as usual, which means it's something that's going to happen. You find yourself not going just one time, but multiple times to that Mount yeah. Olives where you're going to go down on your knees and you're going to just pour out in grief. You're going to pour out and saying, what's going on? Why am I here again? Why am I going through this again? You know, mm-hmm. I should have just gone through this just one time. I just got over this and here I am again. The fact that that's that was amazing as usual you know um i'm going to say for myself i tried in the beginning i tried multiple times to run away from grief Mm. i tried to not not really think about it um try to be that type to i'm just going to think about all the good times and, and think about all the good times but the more i did that the deeper I was falling in grief, I found myself. You know, and it got to a point that I thank God for for my cousin, um, Dr. Tell, you know, because he helped me out. He helped me out. Um, But he helped me out from a clinical perspective. I thank God for my pastors. Pastor um, Norberto Torres Jr. and Ana Idalis Astacio Torres, they helped me out spiritually. But I had to come to a place to understand where I needed both. Because it's important to have your spiritual, but it's also, I feel that it's important to, to, um, to go to a professional to seek help. And I don't, I'm not even going to say that. I think it's important for myself. Um, Eli, <laughs> I got awesome. to get you in here, you know. <laughs> um, being that we both, I know you, we both grew up in church and, you know, we grew up in the same church, thank God. At what point do you feel a person should look for traditional 
professional help. And, and this is not in no way I'm pushing aside the spiritual because it's important, you know, mind, body, soul. It's important that you always seek spiritual help. You speak to a pastor, you know, it's important. But at what point do you go for professional help? Uh, as a normal person, <laughs> running a mill dude, I would think as soon as possible. Because like how the doctor says, some people didn't experience love. Some people grew up um, not as lucky as us. Some people, they, they don't know. They don't know what to do. No one taught them whether it was whether their dad didn't teach them or their mom didn't teach them, however they grew up, no one taught them that it's all right to, it's all right to be mad, you know, and that's reoccurring. We, we're, we're constantly saying it, everybody's saying it. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to feel this way. It's okay to, to not, it's okay to not be okay. You know, no one, no one taught, uh, who, who knows how everyone is taught. I know how I was taught and I know what I'm trying to teach my kids. And that's one thing I teach my kids. I say, it's all right to be mad, but, but while you're mad, think about your situation. Just like how the pastor said, don't think with your feelings. Think, think with your mind at that time because your feelings are just that. Today you'll feel good and tomorrow you're going to feel like, like it's all over. So, I think my opinion is right away. Uh, but for example, if, if, if I was a person going through the grief, I don't think I would know when it's time to go and speak to someone unless somebody told me, just like, just like doctor says, you know, you don't know. You, you're asking the wrong questions. Am I the type of person to say, hey, I got to go to a doctor? Me personally, I'm not the type of person to say I have to go to the to a doctor. I, I know people that might think that way. Oh, I, I don't feel good. I, I think I'm gonna have to speak to a psychiatrist. Like I, that will never come out of my mouth. <laughs> so I I I I'm behind that. I, I'm behind the clinical thoughts and the practice because you know growing up. And being abused and not knowing how to handle things has nothing to do with, I don't know, has nothing to do with being Christian. That's, that's an issue that you got to, that you got to work internally. And, and Nelson, you and I were talking about it. I don't think that's a demon. I think that you just grew up in, in, in a bad situation and you have to deal with that so that when you have your own house, that you understand what is the right thing, what is the wrong thing. So if you grow up understanding your feelings, you might understand that you need to speak to someone. But if you didn't, that, then no, you won't understand. And, and I think it also very individual. Again, I also, I'm, I'm with you, doctor. It's very individual, man. It's very individual. And I think with a good surrounding, 
somebody tells you, yo, I think you, I think you need to speak to somebody professionally. To pinpoint the time, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, maybe the doctor knows. Maybe he has a clinical explanation for it. But, um, but I know that I, I think, I think, I think at some point, it, it should, somebody should be talking to somebody, at way above my pay grade. <laughs> This is true. We're above my pay grade too. But um, doctor, you're going to be the last one that's going to answer that question. So don't think you're next. I see you. You're, please. He's like me, me. I, I, I can tell you what. <laughs> I <can> tell, <laughs> but, but from a pastor perspective, mm -hmm. you know, worrying about the spirituality and focusing on the spirituality, when do you feel as a pastor that you know what, it's time to, to suggest to this member, I think you should go seek um, clinical help. Hmm. Yeah, so imagine a young man comes into the church and you're the pastor there. He has a severe drug addiction and you know that God can heal and redeem this man's life. If you don't connect them to professional help, you are doing a great disservice in your ministry. To that person it's really important to remember that yeah god can totally redeem a person's situation but when their environment enables that which is destroying them it's important for them to be in a different environment and i believe that the professional field provides this in such an amazing way that if used correctly with their spiritual background is it i mean it, it is a force to be reckoned with there are so many instances like in jeremiah uh, uh, he writes to the people, is, 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 there no, um, is there no balm in the city? Is there no physician? Why are the ailments of my daughter still untreated? Speaking about the, the, the nation itself. And, but it's just funny that they mentioned that, like the importance of, of having the balm, of having the physician. Uh, when Paul writes to Timothy in First Timothy, he tells him, don't drink only water, but add a little wine to help you with your daily pains. Like, there is importance in understanding the tools that God has put at our disposal to not be, um, I don't know what the word for it is in English. Uh, the word in Spanish is complices, to not be somebody who um, also participates in enabling that destruction. So from a pastoral point of view, if I would connect a drug, a person who is addicted to drugs to professional help while providing the spiritual guidance for this person, I would also do that for somebody going through grief. But I would do it at a very specific point, and, and it doesn't deal so much with time as it deals with their surroundings. I recently had a, um, and I can speak about this because it's, I mean, this person's probably not uh, going to hear it, but um, uh, he, I had a, a, a man in the church who was having suicidal tendencies because of a really rough divorce he had. And um, his response was to completely alienate himself from everyone in the church, everyone in his family circle, all of the good friendships that he had, and just go with friends who would affirm that his wife was terrible, that she was worthless, and he went off to work with them at another state, and he was, he was about to kill himself. He didn't know what else to do. Um, and so somehow somebody reached out to me and said, look, so-and-so needs you to call them. And I called this person and he said, I, I, I need help, Pastor. I need somebody to help me. I really need you to help me. 
can you help me? Can you teach me? Of course I can help you. Of course I can be there for you. But I haven't seen him show up at church at all. And so this person shows up at church on a Sunday and it's there and is worshiping and is willing, but I don't see him again for another month, which means that his, his daily, his weekly, um, is overweighing the one and a half hours that I get with him on a Sunday. So then I, I get with him a little bit more, but then I see that the three hours that I'm giving him a week still don't overweigh the hundreds of hours a week that he has in the environment that is destroying him. So if I can provide him an environment that is trustworthy, that um, it will respect him, uh, uh, an environment where there will be things that he can do, that he can get busy with, a, a place that can show him compassion. If I can do those things um, through the professional field, that's when I, that's when I pull the trigger. So it was about a, a month of like him just not following through with wanting to have that healing in his life because he would check out, wouldn't pick up the call is when I suggested to him, look, there's a good friend of ours, a doctor in psychology. They can help you through this. They can put, like, connect you to some people. And now he's, he's doing great. And so I, I'm an advocate for professional help just as long as it lines up with the values of Christ. You know? Amen. Doctor. So <clears throat> I'll put it on the record that um you're not charging us <laughs> <laughs> i have a question doctor <laughs> let, him let in the question <laughs> <laughs> so nelson i think it's important for you and your wife lisi to know that i think you guys are probably two of the most resilient and courageous, mm. uh, courageous young people that I know. What I you guys, ex you know, what you guys experienced wasn't just grief, but there was anticipated grief, and just so much pain. So, I know you said that I've been extremely helpful to you, but just watching you go through this, it's it's it it, hum it humbles me, and I'm I'm pretty I'm really proud of you because you are a, a symbol of of what we're supposed to do as men as we go through these things. Um, another important point that, that I wanted to, to bring up was, you know, when we're talking about grief and a lot of times we compartmentalize it in terms of loss of someone we love. But in the beginning, I said that grief could be intangible and there's other um, tangible losses that we've experienced throughout our lives. Loss of jobs, loss of relationships, um, just, I mean, sometimes even moving from one neighborhood to the next, losing friends. So we've experienced grief throughout our lives. A lot of times what we don't do is reflect on any of those losses. We just move on. So we physically move on, but emotionally we haven't really moved on. So sometimes when we get to that grief that really stops us in our place, it's not even just that grief of 2020 that we're dealing with. We're dealing with that grief coupled with years and years of grief, trauma, stress, environmental changes that really shapes how we deal with that. And a lot of times we don't have the coping skills because what we've told ourselves or what maybe society or environment has told us is move on. So we have a lot of practice in moving on. But then when you deal with that grief that 
doesn't allow you to move on. Sometimes we just default to, 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 to maladaptive coping skills and we run. And we just try to find any way to not have to deal with it. Um, one of the things that, that I am privileged to do in my practice is really focus on the mental, physical, and spiritual. So like the pastor says, you know, it's so, so important to know that the mental and the, phys and the spiritual are different, right? We all understand the physical health, you know, and, and an analogy that I sometimes use with the physical health is your physical health is like a car. So just imagine, you know, the, your, your dream car. What, what would you do with that car? You will wash it, you clean it, you will, mm -hmm. you will probably not let somebody come in there with McDonald's and just drop mm -hmm. fries on your car, right? <laughs> so because that physical is the body, is what we see. And a lot of times we will do what we need to do to make sure we look good. But no matter how good that car is, it will never leave your driveway unless you put gas in that car. And the gas yeah. is, is the mental. A lot of times we're putting gas in other people's car. A lot of times we're putting gas on the hood of our car, which then leads to explosions. So a lot of us come into grief with chaos because we're not used to fueling our tank. But if you have that car and you've learned, you've actually engaged in mental health, you're now you're putting fuel in your car. Your spiritual health is your GPS. It's your, it's your purpose. It's, the, it's where you're going. You know, so many of us have really good mental health and physical health, but we have no direction. It's, it's, about, it's about I, it's not about we, it's not about something bigger than ourselves. You know, it's like me wanting to visit the pastors and Eli in, in, in Florida, and Nelson tells me to get on 95, but I get on 95 North. And now when I'm on the border of Canada, out of gas, <laughs> pissed <laughs> off, <laughs> you know, being questioned by the border patrol. And it's because sometimes we're driving and we just get into, in, into the habit of, of moving. We, get, we think that moving is enough, but where are we moving? And that's where the spiritual is so important because with God, it tells us how to move, how to move in a direction that's bigger than you, you know? And that's where a lot of the healing comes in. So that's one of the things I really, really try to focus on in my practice because when people come into to, 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 to my practice, it's not always about what they say the issue is. That's just what got them there. And how they got there might be maybe the insight that I needed, or it might be a friend, or it might be consequences. But ultimately, it's not about why they're there. It's how to make them better than they've ever been. You know, and that requires a relationship. You know, a word that's been mentioned a couple times is connection. There's a, short, there's a shortage of connection. And sometimes grief highlights that disconnection that we have, and it highlights it by showing us how lonely we are. You know, when we think of grief again, there's also about what's happening in society while we're grieving. Because just imagine a loss during this time of COVID, where COVID in so many ways is a grief, have a grief response to that already because we're also losing things. People are losing incomes, losing jobs, losing relationships. So that's grief, you know? And if we don't see it as grief, we just take on the attitude of let's just move on. Let's just hope that it's gonna get better. 
but we're carrying those emotions until life forces us to deal with it. You know, so function, kind of going back to the initial question, when does it make a significant difference when you see someone clinically? You have to look at how somebody's functioning. Yeah. You know, and the obvious things, you know, not sleeping, not eating, having suicidal thoughts, you know, having thoughts of hurting themselves and others, or maybe using drugs and alcohol, those are the obvious ones. But when we have a relationship with people, we get to see the not so subtle things. I mean, the more subtle things. And that's what we got to look for. You know, mm-hmm. what are the subtle changes? You know, you know, it, it, you know, not just showing people sympathy. How do we really show empathy? How do we show compassion? Not just say, hey, and somebody mentioned it earlier. Just let me know if you need me. No, if somebody's going through grief, and they have a family, maybe cook a meal, bring it over, you know? You know, maybe you understand that grief is very, very energy consuming. So you need to take care of your your body. Maybe say, hey, Nelson, let's go to the gym. Hey, have you thought of this thing that you can do to engage you in in, in physical exercise? So a lot of what we have to do has to be hands-on. Not just sitting by and saying, hey, just let me know when you need me. No, we have to engage that person mentally, engage that person physically, engage that person spiritually. A holistic approach is the approach that allows people to move from pain to purpose. You know, yes. you say that, um, I was talk- talking with my wife this week, someone reached out to her, a relative, because they have um, a close friend that was going through a loss and they asked her, you know, um, I don't know how to, how to um, help them out. What should I, should I send them flowers or something of that of along those lines, you know, to show them, you know, that, that I'm, you know, my condolences and all. And my wife suggested, she said, you know, honestly, there's nothing you can do to, um, to really like, like, the best gesture, she said, the best gesture for you to do, I would suggest, um, send, them, send them a gift card to go somewhere to eat. That they, don't have, that they see that they don't have to spend their own money. Like they get a moment to, to, to step out and just be served. And with what you're saying and what, what the pastor said earlier, People do tend to say, hey, if, if whatever you need, I'm here, just call me, you know, hey, just send me a text. And, and really, when the person is grieving, they need more to be served. I think that's the best way to help them out. You know, don't, don't suggest that you're, don't say that you're there, be there. Don't, don't say call me or, or you, the person who's grieving, look for me, the person who's not. No, show up, you know, and, and within the Bible, it teaches us that God shows up. He doesn't tell us, Hey, you know, just call me, just pray to me. No, he, he shows up when we're grieving. He shows up. And that's that what you guys, what all three of you guys been saying tonight, man. And I know the time is, 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 has been long and I understand we're all married. So But um, but show up. I think that show up. show up. 
you know, yeah. if you know someone that's grieving, show up, show, show to them that you're there, you know, um, show them that, that they're not alone. You might not grieve the same way. You might not, you you don't feel the same pain they're feeling. I think we all agree on that. Each person, yeah. they grieve. There's no way the person next to them feels the way they're feeling because it's individual, yeah. you know, but, um, one thing I've learned, and it was actually one of the questions, but I didn't ask it, and I'm not because it might be another 20 minutes. <laughs> the story of David in 2 Samuel chapter 12, when he, when he lost his son, you know, the Bible says he knew he, knew he was going to lose his son. So I, I, this is a verse I identify with, you know, due to... If you know the story, if you don't know the story, just go to 2 Samuel chapter 12. You'll see the whole story, why he lost his son. But David knew he was going to lose his son. And he was praying to God, hoping that God would, the Bible says, that God would feel sorry for him and not take away his son. Eventually, he lost his son. But one thing that, that I like from the story is that the moment they told him his son passed away. He got up, he took a shower, he ate, and then he united with his wife. What I take from that is that when you're grieving, the day's gonna come that you're gonna feel the energy to get up, fix yourself, and then unite with your loved ones. The timeline will be different for everyone, but that day will come. And it's, you're not going to grieve less or you're not going to remember the person or, or you're going to be holly jolly, you know, moving forward. But one thing for sure is that you are going to come back to your senses. You are going to fix yourself up again and you're gonna unite with your loved ones. And your loved ones can be defined, your supporting cast. Those that you know that were right there with you. And that's what's gonna help you to move forward. Um, this, was, this was a great talk, man. This was, this was an awesome talk. I'm, I, think, I don't think I'm gonna post it all on one setting. So this might be split up in like part one, part two, part three, depending. I'll let you guys know, but um, I don't know if you guys want any anything closing that you might want to share. Tell, start with you. Well, I'll leave you. I'll leave you last because you might. No, 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 no. Let me go first. (laughs) 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 Oh man! Go ahead. You're part of the solution, Nelson. The solution is as men, we have to continue to talk. We need to talk. We need to demystify this, this whole thing that men don't feel. Mm. Every emotion has a purpose. And a lot of times we are running away from the emotion and we're not even learning what that emotion was trying to tell us in the first place. You know, so we have to continue these discussions. Um, I'm happy to be a part of it. And um, just let me know whatever you need from me. I like how that sounds, because he said, no charge. That's what I heard. 
crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love my cousin. But Eli, man, any any closing remarks? Uh, I I um uh, I just want to reiterate what what the doctor said, man. Like, uh, Tato doesn't have the blessing to know you as much as we know you. Um, and who knows, maybe in another five years, you guys still connected and he could understand why we respect you so much. A hundred percent. I look at you and I see strength and I find strength in you for myself. And, and I've told you numerous times uh, what you and Lisi and your children have gone through will help more than what you think more than what you think and for me for my wife and for my kids we look up to you and we look up to Lisi and and what you guys went through has given us strength because we know you personally and it's easy for me to say all this positive stuff about you because of how how close we are and how much we knew what was going on and unfortunately we were way out here but but i always 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 whenever i say your story i always say you would never think that these people have gone through what they've gone through and i know that is you know you're being positive in the forefront but i know what happened in the background and I know that you're strong. It was, you know, the forefront was the front, so nobody could bother you. But what happened in the background, it's like you got you got strength, you got knowledge, and you have what it takes to to help so many people. You, your wife, and your kids, man. I really, I really believe that, and I really believe that that's gonna happen in, in the future, near future, even. And just, bro, uh, thank you for this opportunity, man. And I really appreciate it. And I'm glad to see Dr. Teo after such a long time. I'm glad to, to be here with, with Pastor Jorge. And, and it's a privilege to, to be the, the beginning of, of something great. Amen. Amen. And um, for Pastor, Pastor um, Tato, <laughs> I feel like I could call him Tato now, right? After an hour and a half. Of course you can. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't I don't know you personally. You know, um this is this I think the third time I've spoken to you. Well mm -hmm. second time through text a little more. But um again, I brought you here because just the little you gave, you spoke on at um the what would a PK say podcast. I'm saying that free, you know, they're not paying me to say that commercial. But <laughs> a say podcast. <laughs> Subscribe, hit the link, share. Um, and you spoke about your dad. I felt I felt connected. And for myself, you know, I just wanna I just wanna tell you thank you. Thank you for that. You know, thank you for those for the words the words you shared on that podcast. You know, it was very inspiring and and also just you know, I pray that God continue to give you wisdom, man. I guess I have to say his age, tell you, yeah. believe it, man. But my man is 20 years old. 
<laughs> yeah, he's 26 years old. And I, again, tonight, he, it's amazing how God works, man. So I just want to, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for, for accepting this, you know, for sharing the word with us on this evening. And, and also, you know, if you have any last words. No, honestly, thank you. On it, uh, the, the gratitude is, is mine, honestly. The honor is mine as well. I've, I've got so many notes. <laughs> this, this for me was, was awesome. Honestly, you have no idea how important it is for guys to sit down and just talk through grief like this. Um, a lot for me gets opened up when I'm able to do that. You know, as a pastor, you don't really have circles where you have an outlet of people that can pour into you like that because you have so many people demanding your attention. And so honestly, I, I have a lot to go back home and read. I, uh, I transcribed almost the entire thing, but, but I, I love it. Honestly, I, I'm so thankful to have met you guys. And, um, and I, and I totally affirm what, what was said during this. I think it's healthy. I think it's worth advice. I, I think if anything, you know, grief teaches us how incorporated learning i mean it teaches us through that pain um how to live when you're doing things right but they go wrong because that's grief that's when grief creeps up and just to be able to have the no and 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 a circle like this i mean i'm grateful i'm i'm still working through that process and you're the loss of your son is is, is just as recent as the loss of my father and i can say that there are nights where i can't sleep I just start crying and, 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 and I feel the gap of that which was torn away from me. And so I'm, I, I, I was super edified by learning about looking at my, my functions and, and paying attention to my functions. I think I'm in function of my family and the church so much that I enter moments of grief when I don't pay attention to how I'm functioning and the gas that I'm getting and my GPS. So, man, I, I'm going home super strengthened by by Eli, by Dr. Teo, but by you, Nelson, as well. Honestly, this this is awesome. I think this is a conversation that needs to be done um, in multiple parts as well. Amen. Amen. Um, so that's, I think that that's it, man. You guys, you guys were all awesome. Um, if you're in Connecticut, you know, strong health and wellness is available for you. Um, you know, just look look him up tell carlo strong if you're in tampa and looking for a, a church to visit the church which is in tampa florida um you know the head pastor pastor jorge caballero known as tato and if you need a good podcast to listen to listen man you just gotta hit up what would a pk say listen the the show is about pastors, kids talking. See what we're doing tonight. That's what it's they only. Do. It's only good because I got some good guests. That's all. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to push and to put. You know, PKF, past the kid friend. I think that's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, seriousness, man. Yo, thank, thank you guys, man. Thank a lot. Thanks a lot for this. Um, I know this is gonna bless multiple people you know and especially around now with COVID the doctor touched it up real quick you know there's a lot a lot of people are grieving there's a lot of different types of losses that's going on and now the holidays what would be the norm 
holidays is not going to be as normal. So it's going to be, people are going to be grieving. So these, these next few weeks, next few months, it's not going to be the same. So I pray that whoever views this, you know, they, um, they get something good from it. You know, it teaches them something. And, and it also, it also helps them take that first step, which is talking. Right. We want. So guys, man, thanks a lot. Um, thanks for everything and God bless everyone.